Hello, this is Aaron Bounds, pastor of the Anchor Church located in Zanesville, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life God called you to live. standing can't think of a better atmosphere to let the preacher come and preach has he been good to you can you testify it's been worth it all it's been worth it all hallelujah hallelujah we're so honored today and I want to say to this church I'm so privileged to be your pastor Celebrating 80 years, I feel, I feel privileged to, to know you and to get to be called to be your pastor. I have such respect for this congregation. I really do. Your faithfulness to the Lord, your love, your faith, your courage, strength, your work ethic. And go down the line. I think you're great examples of the believers as a body. And for that, I'm grateful. We look forward to celebrating you this coming weekend. It's going to be a great time. And um, as, as pastor and uh, our former pastor, Bishop Ferris, Larry Ferris, and Sharon Ferris, they always try to do everything with excellence. He believed, as I believe, that a great church deserves the best. How many believe that? And uh, I always try to bring you the best. And... Uh, no matter what it is. And this weekend, I think, will will be an example of that when you hear the ministry of John McDonald. But I felt connected uh, to the preacher that's going to be here who is a life-changing preacher. And I heard messages from him through the years. I believe we only met one time. Talked on the phone once or twice. And uh, last year was passing through Ohio, and we sat down at a at a restaurant, as I was preaching about earlier, because that's what we do. And we cried together and laughed together. And uh, last night we got to pray together. Uh, he travels the country. He's been evangelizing for 23 years. He's a husband. He's a father of two boys and a girl, all the way from Oklahoma. And evangelist Cody Marks is uh, well known throughout the apostolic movement. And uh, I'm so honored that you would take time to be with us. When I talk about bringing the best, I believe he is. He is mightily used of the Lord. And for that, I'm very thankful. And uh, we've been seeking the Lord because we want to hear from God. We be- believe in the prophetic utterance and the power of preaching. Do you love preaching? To, to receive it, you need to amen it. I mean, no, there's power in the amen. Let the pulpit be the yay. The promises of the Lord are yay and amen. How many love the word? God has sent us a preacher. How can you hear without a preacher? How can he preach except to be sent? 
Would you welcome our evangelist, amen, Brother Cody Marks, as he comes to preach the word of the Lord. Thank you, my friend, for coming. I wonder if you would, with me right now, make a point of contact, connect with somebody, if you would, all over the building where it's appropriate, from the front to the back, from center to circumference, I want you to connect with somebody. God is, in the next little bit, is going to deeply minister, profoundly minister to this body. know that with with certainty in the Holy Ghost he is going to bring clarity and understanding and you're going to leave here today knowing that God's hand is on you and that his purpose and will is unfolding in your life his perfect purpose and will I want you now, as you're connected, I want you to lift your voice and pray that God would help us here in the next few moments in this service. Would you lift your voice all over this building? Come on, lift your voice and pray right now. Come on, I know you may be tired, but just lift your voice a little bit. Make a connection. Come on, that's it. Pray just, just a minute more here. Come on, push just a little bit. In Jesus' name. Someone say, in Jesus' name. Words fail me in trying to articulate how excited and honored I am to be here today. Um, God's timing is perfect. And I believe that we are in the perfect will of God today. It is such a tremendous honor to be here. For many years, I have admired your pastor from a distance and um, knew 
deep down that there would come a day that God would connect us. And he has done that, and I believe he's done that for a great purpose. And I give him and his wife and family honor today, and I give this church honor, and thank you for what you represent in the apostolic movement. God has given you great leadership, which God's given you great leadership. And um, I, I don't, I know you may immediately, because you don't know me, you may immediately dismiss this, but it's, this is not hyperbole. God has given you some of the greatest leaders in the apostolic movement. And um, that, that not only speaks of them, that speaks of you. Because God wouldn't take the cream of the crop and put them somewhere where there was junk or trash. So their leadership exemplifies to me not only who they are and what they are, but it exemplifies to me what you are and what kind of church that this is. And so thank you so much um, for who you are and what you represent in the body of Christ. I'd like to turn your attention to Job 38. Within an hour after Pastor and I locked this date in, the Lord spoke something to me. I have, um, on several different occasions, went to pick the phone up and share this with him personally. And for whatever reason, I think I have a, a hunch as to why, but God would always check me. And there are times the Lord gives us things, and because of the profundity, the power of the moment, he, he wants that to be sealed and tucked away. And so I've carried this, and we're talking about weeks, probably going on months since we've scheduled this. And um, so I'm very excited today to deliver this, and I believe the Lord is going to help us here today. Does anybody have expectation in your heart? Job chapter 38, I'd like to insert the fact that we are four chapters from the end of this book, and I want to lift one verse. I had never seen this, had never preached this. Within one hour after we locked this date in, the Lord quickened. As I was reading, I ran into this, and I knew immediately. And God said, Hitherto shalt they, or thou come, but no further, 
And here shall thy proud waves be stayed. Now, sometimes we get lost in the King James jargon, and so that's why I'm here to bring a little bit of common understanding, day-to-day language to help you to grasp, let's extrapolate what the Lord wants to speak to us from this, this one verse. Everyone has had their say. Job's friends have had their say. Job has had his say. And it comes time for God to speak. And I believe the, the power of this verse is lost if you're not careful in the confusion of the pronouns. But what God is saying to Job is there are waves, verse number 11, there are waves you can't stop them from coming. Don't get, don't get lost in, in the pronouns. Thou, hitherto shalt thou come. These waves come. You can't keep them from coming. And, he, and, 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 and if you look at the, the back end of this, he says, and here, shall thou, and here shall thy proud waves be stayed. The waves, they come. You can't stop them from coming. There are some things that are inevitable. There are some things that you can't do anything about. They're going to come. It's a part of the process. It's a part of the package. But there is so much power, and I want to just lift those three words for a, for a title here. But no further. Stuff comes, you can't keep it from coming. Things happen, you can't keep it from happening. But God has sent me here today, and I'm, I'm going to get my feet underneath me here in just a minute. I'm going to get comfortable. And I know you're trying to figure me out, and you're looking at me, and I, but we're gonna, it's going to connect. We don't have five services. We, we got this moment right now, okay, so we got to connect. Okay, you, there, there, there are some things that come with the territory, and I'm going to talk about that. But it's also important when this stuff just keeps going and just keeps going and just keeps going and the waves keeps crashing in and keeps crashing in and keeps crashing in. And, 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 and he, he really gets plain here. And he talks about they become personal, things become personal. Then he, then he talks to us about the spirit in which the waves threaten us with. They're prideful. I'm going to destroy you. I'm going to destroy your marriage. Come on, I'm going to. I'm going to completely overwhelm you. I'm going to wash everything away. But what God in this one verse is trying to communicate to Job, Job, you've had your say. Your friends have had their say. Now I'm going to have my say. Things come, but every person in this building needs to understand that every storm cannot stay. Now, I'm, I'm going to talk to you about some things that, I, that, that are synonymous with, with, with the influence that you have in the spirit that you don't realize maybe comes with the territory. But you need to leave here understanding that the enemy doesn't just have free range. He doesn't just have free range. Come on. The enemy understands... What a tragedy it would be for the adversary to understand that God has hedges in place and for you to have doubt, come on, that there's an end to this. The waves come, but you need to understand there's a line in the stand in which they can go no further. 
Come on now. I don't know what's tradition around here, but I feel an anointing already. I'm trying to communicate and preach something into somebody's spirit. This is a never-ending trouble. This is a never-ending trial. This is a never-ending attack. I'm telling you, it very well may be a demonic attack from hell, but I'm telling you, every storm comes to an end. Every wave, there is a line where it cannot come any further. Now, I'm not trying to be somebody I don't. I'm not. I'm a little hesitant to be so bold because you don't know me. But I've come here with Holy Ghost business today, and I'm telling you, I've come here to proclaim the end of some things and the beginning to some new things. There are some things that are coming to an end in the Holy Ghost. That's fine. That's fine. Well, you don't know how long I've been in this. You don't know how long this has lasted. You don't know how intense. You don't know how you don't know how tumultuous. You don't know how trying this has been. I'm just looking for somebody that will get beyond the vessel you don't know and hear and cling to what I'm speaking out of my mouth. This thing's coming to an end. Joy is coming in the morning. I don't deny its existence. I don't deny the potency, the pressure. I don't deny the agony. I don't deny it. But there comes a point where it can't come any further, but no further. Turn and look at your neighbor and tell them with confidence, but no further. Tell them, but no further. Clap your hands and give God praise right now. Come on, clap your hands and give God praise right now. Somebody lift your voice. Release your faith. Weeping may endure for a night. But I'm trying to get somebody, come on, I'm trying to deliver you from the throes, the tormenting throes of worrying about how long the night is. The issue is not how long the night is. The issue is that the night has an end and morning's coming. There's the breaking of a new day. I've been praying, God, what's this weekend about? Is this just about he and I connecting? No, I believe God has sent me with a word in my mouth. And I keep seeing a vision every time I ask God that. And it's a sharp corner in a road. That's all I can see. And it goes right along with this. I feel like in the Holy Ghost that we're going to turn a corner. There's some families going to turn a corner. There's some ministries going to turn a corner. There's some people that have been in the throes of a trial that are going to turn a corner. You can be seated. Thank you for standing. Somebody shout, but no further. Pretty good for a bunch of Baptist folks. Now try it again. Pentecostals, somebody shout, but no further. No offense to any Baptist people here. Baptists make good Pentecostals, praise God. I want to take just a few moments. I felt too. And I want to share 
with you. Some things that spiritually, they're synonymous, but it's not often that we would place these things in the same or on the same playing field. One cannot be there without the other. They come together. It comes, as we have said before, it comes with the territory. In fact, I'd like to begin my time with you here this morning by adjusting just a little something in your vocabulary. Some of you in this time that you've been in, in this place that you have been fumbling your way through blindly, oftentimes feeling you're flailing your way through. It's easy when we get in these spiritual places where the pressure is great and the attack is real. It's easier by default to just look at somebody or feel within yourself. Look at somebody and tell them this is how we feel. We are under attack. Anybody ever felt like you were under attack? Come on, help me now. You ever felt like you were under attack? Anybody feel like right now that you are under attack? Is there anybody here that will help me and say, I have, without a doubt, I have been under attack. I'm talking about somebody in this building. You are under an attack like you have never been before. I am under attack. Has this church gone through seasons where it's been under attack? Has this church ever had times where leaders were under attack? Pastor, have you ever felt like you were under attack? God sent me here today to help adjust a few things in your mind and your perspective. What I want you to understand is when you feel that you're under attack, you're not really under an attack, you're under an anointing. Oh, yeah, come on. You're going to make me work for this today. Come on. No, let me tell you something. Listen, you don't want to deal with the Sambald and Tobias? Then forget about rebuilding walls in 52 days. Forget about the miracles that Nehemiah, come on, forget about the miracles that Nehemiah seen where God sped everything up and did things beyond the extraordinary. Come on, he did things beyond human capabilities. Sambald and Tobiah didn't show up. Up until somebody started doing something for God. You want the critics to go away? Quit pushing. Come on. You want, you want, you want the attacks to go away? Come on. Then quit trying to go forward. Come on. You want the ridicule to go away? You want the pressure to go away? Then quit trying to do anything for God. Send Ballad and Tobiah. You don't even hear them until a wall starts going up. I want this church, this great anchor church in Zanesville, Ohio, to hear me right now. You have not just been in a season where you're under attack. You are under an anointing. There is an anointing to do great things beyond human power and abilities. 
and you spend all of your time. Come on. I believe that's why we felt the Spirit of God come in here the way that it came in here when this young lady started singing, God is so good to me because you have become so consumed and focused. Come on, on the severity of the attack that you're under that you have forgotten that this church is doing things that are beyond human abilities. God is allowing us to do supernatural things. There's a 52-day wall building miracle in Zanesville, Ohio. Come on, you're not under attack. You're under an anointing. Paul, the Bible says, thrice. Don't misunderstand this because all Greek scholars are in agreement. Saul, Paul was not talking about three separate times in which he asked the thorn to be removed. I'm telling somebody, you're asking God to take this away. And I don't think you understand that if God takes that away, that God's got to take that away. And ladies and gentlemen, what the world needs is a church like the Anchor Church. And all I'm telling somebody is you need a fresh outlook on things. It comes with the territory. Enemies come with the territory. But the door is greater than the devil. The door is greater than the devil. If you believe that, I want you to clap your hands and shout with a voice of triumph. Greek scholars agree that when Paul says thrice, I asked God, come on, he felt like he was under an attack. I asked God to remove the thorn. Greek scholars agree that it was not just three separate incidences. The wording and the phraseology there, they believe what Paul was trying to communicate to them was the attack was so great that every time he went to pray, they prayed three times a day. Come on, the problem was so great, Brother Bounds, it's all he could think about. Come on, the trouble in the church was so great. Come on, he couldn't see the good for seeing the negative. Every time he went to pray, they prayed three times a day. We don't know how long that season was. Hallelujah. But it was so consuming. It's all Paul could think about. I'm under attack. I'm under attack. I'm under attack. But I'm trying to get this church to wake up to what the apostle Paul woke up to. This is not about an attack. This is about an anointing. And most gladly will I glory in mine infirmities that the power of God... Is there anybody thankful for the resident anointing that's on this house? That's half of you. Where's the other half? Is there anybody thankful for the resident anointing that's on this house? Enemies are synonymous with influence. I said enemies are synonymous with influence. If you're going to be in, if you're going to have influence, there's going to be enemies. 
If you're going to be under an anointing, come on, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry to be the bearer of bad news. Before I get finished, I'll get to butt no further. But I got to tell you this. If you're going to be under an anointing, there's always going to be an attack coming from somewhere. Go ahead. I'm sure there are some that have, and, and there may be others that do, but don't shortchange your kids. You made too big of an investment here. Come on, you think a job change. You think geographically, if you could have a change, it would get the pressure off of you. It very well may get the pressure off of you. Come on, but I'm telling you where this church is in the spirit, I wouldn't take a $25,000 raise a year to move my family away from what God's going to do right here regardless of the devils, regardless of the pressure. Come on, I want to know are there any spiritual stubborn people out there that realize that the anointing in this house is well worth every devil we got to fight and every trial we've got to face. Open your mouth and make yourself known here right now. Sometimes all we see is the active actions of the adversary. But in the presence of active adversaries, Paul clued us into this. He said there is a great and effectual door. Can I just tell you this? And I feel silly even telling you this, but I'm going to tell you the stuff I got to tell you today. And I, I want to speak to your leaders, and I want, I want to speak to department heads, and I want to speak all the way down to the newest person in this building. Come on, can I, can I preach to you here today? It's, a, it's not only a great door, Brother Bounds. I don't care what's come against you. I don't care the heartache you faced. I don't, care, I don't care the people that have hurt you. You hear this preacher right now. Come on, when it all starts piling in on you, you wonder, are we getting anywhere? Are we doing anything? Are we making any progress? Come on, in the presence of active adversaries. There is a great and effectual. You know what that word means? There is a working door in the presence of active adversaries. There is an active door. Zanesville, Ohio, I hope it's not too much for you. Come on, I know it's our introduction, but I feel a Holy Ghost boldness. There might be devils here, but there's not just active devils. There's working doors. There's open doors in the Holy Ghost. There's an open door. It's, it's a working, it's an active door. There's not just active adversaries. There's an effectual door. What's happening here 18 years later, 80 years later, it's working. Come on, there may be times, and sis, you may be the only one that knows this, but there may be times that you feel like all you're doing is harping and hounding and wondering if anybody's getting it. I'm telling you, there's a great number of these people out here. We're getting it. Someone, we're starting to wake up to the fact we may not be in a major metropolitan area. Come on, but there is a great anointing, and there is a great purpose, and there is...
scholars say that the really the only the only place they find that Paul went where they really can't find where he had any success. The only place that there's for sure that Paul went where it seems like he didn't get a whole lot done. Was Athens. And the only thing that we can't find that was missing in Athens, that he had everywhere else he was successful, was adversaries. It wasn't just David's walk with God that made David successful. Saul made David successful. And I'm going to tell you why Saul was unsuccessful. Because there was something missing in Saul's life that David had. Saul didn't have a Saul in his life. He didn't have an adversary. He didn't have an enemy. Come on. He didn't have anything to grade against his flesh. He didn't have anything to buffet him. Let me tell you, if it's buffeting you, it's bettering you. Come on. If it's buffeting you, it is bettering you. And I'm trying to tell... I just feel God getting defensive right now with some of you like he got defensive. Come on, with Job, some of you think that God just scraped you off somewhere. No, God's been shining you up. The buffeting, it's been a shining process. God. And I can't hardly handle it because everywhere Paul went and he had success, come on, guess what? There was stress there and there was strain there. Everywhere he went and he had dominion, there were devils there. Everywhere he went and he had influence, there was opposition there. What about Lystra? They stoned him. Now there's a couple schools of thought. I lean to believe and they stoned him to death. There's some that believe that they stoned him to the to death's door. I lean to believing that he died. That's how I feel about it. They left him outside of Lystra. This is the kind of pastor you have right now. Come on, and I'm trying to I'm trying to get some of you to get the spirit. Do you know the apostle Paul finally got to the place? I don't want you to be embarrassed, bro. God sent me here to preach. Come on. Paul got, finally got to the place where he said, I've preached it and I've told you and I've communicated and I've imparted. Finally, Paul got to the place where he said, do as I do. How do you beat a guy like this? They stone him. They leave him under a pile of rocks. That dude, Sister Bounds, digs himself out from underneath that pile of rocks. He crawls out from underneath that pile of rocks, and he goes down. I'll go to pieces. God help me keep it together. I don't want to. I don't want to cry like a baby in front of these people here today. He crawls out from underneath those rocks, and he goes right down to the next town, and he preaches the same thing he just got through preaching and got stoned for in Lystra. And when he gets through there, Sister Bounds, he turns around. Do you understand the bruises? The bruises have not even had time to disappear. His body still is aching from what he has experienced, and he turns around and goes right back to. Lystra and starts preaching what God kicked him out for and stoned for in the first place. I've come with a question for this church. How do you beat somebody like that? How do you destroy somebody like that? The answer is you don't. And I pray that when today is over, come on, that
that there is something that rises up in this church that says we've been under an attack, but we're really under an anointing. We're going to go back in there one more time. We're going to pray one more time. We're going to worship one more time. We're going to knock on a door one. Come on, come on. I know you don't have any friends like this. I know I'm the only one that's ever had friends like this. Balance, what are you doing? Come on, maybe you got friends elsewhere who said, what are you doing? There's other places you could go. There's other things you could do. You don't understand. God has called me to this place. And regardless of the adversaries, there's a revival here. There's an anointing here. There's an open door here. There is... I read just this morning, and you're the first people I've ever told this to. I didn't realize this, but scholars believe that Paul found Timothy in Lystra. His protege, his successor. Man, why in the world would you keep... Why in the world, with, every, with all this stacked against you, with everything coming against your family, with everything that's coming against you mentally and spiritually, why do you keep dusting yourself off? Why do you keep dusting the, yourself off? Why do you keep shaking the snakes off and running right back in there? Come on. There was no way the Apostle Paul knew it, but we know it on this side of it. There's a Timothy in there somewhere. In fact, it's not just Timothy, but it's 2 Corinthians 12 where ta- Paul talks about an out-of-body experience. Come on where God spoke to him things that could not be uttered. Scholars say that happened in Lystra. Come on, Lystra becomes a part of the Galatian church that Paul writes a letter. Are you hearing me right now? What's going to come out of Zanesville? What kind of revival? What kind of stories? What kind of ministries? I believe that you're going to reach the world from this stump. I believe there'll be ministries. I believe there'll be ministries that go forth from this house that reach the world. Everything in me, this man is preaching truth. I've never talked to him about that one situation. But God has called you here to reach a world. Quit demising yourself. God has chosen this place. There's a great revival in this city. If you believe it, jump to your feet, get behind the man of God, and say there's something special here. See, it's God trying to help you with your perspective. You see troubles, trials, turmoil. I see a Timothy. I'm going to say it again. You see troubles, trials, and turmoils, and tribulations, and I see a Timothy. You see wrecks. You see wrecks and ridicule, and I see revelation and a revival. Come on. I see... 
You see chaos. You see chaos and crud. You know what God sees? God says there's a church there. Come on. There's an anointing there. There's an open door there. preaching to somebody right now that's trying everything in your ability in the flesh to find a way out of here. And the dichotomy, ironically, it's sad at the same time. While you're trying to find a way to get away from the pressure and the pain and the trouble and the trials, it's constant, Brother Marks. It never stops. I started feeling it about 15 miles out of town. I was fine in Columbus, but the closer I got, I started feeling more and more pressure. I started feeling the pressure. I started feeling that thing squeeze down on me. But ladies and gentlemen, even in the presence of the pressure, when I pull up in the church parking lot at 12.05 this morning and I walk in this sanctuary, come on, there's a presence in this sanctuary, come on, that caused me to forget the pressure. Come on, it comes with the territory. Come on, well, I want to get rid of that. Paul, you better wake up to the fact that it just comes with the territory and you got to accept the fact that there's devils and there's trouble and there's pressures and there's enemies and there's adversaries. Come on, hear what I'm telling you right now. But there is a door and I'm not just under an attack. I am under an anointing. things I want more than anything else, Brother Bounce, open doors and prepared tables, and both of them are in the presence of enemies. The grass is greener on the other side of the fence. No, the grass is green. It's where you've been watering it. Let me tell you about the age old adage that the grass is greener on the other side of the fence. They didn't show you the septic tank underneath it. I believe there'll be people make full circle. Maybe they already have. So you know what I th- never seen there be favor without there being a fight. Be careful. Be careful what you say you don't want. Because as you say, as you're saying, I don't want this, you may really be saying that you don't want something that you really do want. Even Jesus had a Judas. Anybody got a quarter? By the looks of all the Corvettes in the parking lot, you guys have $100 bills, not quarters. I said it makes sense fast. 
Aaron Bounds, fast. I see all the Corvettes. It made sense. I said, sure, that wouldn't be any other way. His Saints would drive Corvettes. It's fast. It's wide open. I hope you never look at a quarter differently. I hope you never look at it the same. I hope you look at it differently after I give you this silly, simple little illustration. I have never in my life seen anything like that. I have never. I've been watching this for 23 years. But the flip side of that quarter is this. I have never seen anything like it in my life. Maybe my theatrical skills are not as good as they used to be, so let me get up here where you can see me so I can try it again. I've never, I have never, one side of it is, it's the disgust, it's the exhaustion, it's the, I don't know how much more of this I can take. But the flip side of that is, I've seen this. 23 years I've been watching this. It's the flip side of it is the eye-bugging, eye-popping, mind-blowing. I have never, I have never seen it like this before in my life. And, you're tra- and, you're, and it gets perspective. But it's, it's, you, you can't. If you have what I'm talking about today, you can't have one without the other. It, it comes with, I'm just telling you, it comes with the package. And, and the tragedy is you got people that, that, that just feel like you're constantly under an attack and, and, and you've, you've lost sight that you're under an anointing and you're trying to find a way out. And you got other people trying to find a way in this church and they get in here and they feel like, come on, that we have camp meeting here every Sunday. This is the greatest thing since sliced bread. Huh? You know what? I will put up with this side of the quarter. I've never seen anything like that. Have you ever had any days where you felt like you were pulling your hair out? Maybe I'm supposed to be in Texas today. Maybe I'm in the wrong place. Maybe I'm supposed to be in Tuttle's Puddle today. No, I think I'm in the right house. Come on. Have you ever had any days where you felt like you were pulling your hair out? Have you ever had any days... Where you decide, come on, when you lay down in bed, because this day's over, and I don't have to deal with any more of this today. But I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen, the other side of that quarter is, come on, there's going to be days when the blinded eyes are open, and people get up out of wheelchairs. Come on, there's going to be days. Anybody to say anything, don't do anything. Because I promise you, if you're making an impact, there's going to be enemies. And I'm just trying to give you a simple reminder today. In the presence of active adversaries, that this church is making an impact.
Now in closing, with all of that said, I'm going to take a turn here on you. If you, if you have influence, if you're making impact, if you're able to do things beyond human capabilities, I believe there's an anointing here to build, to rebuild walls in 52 days. I believe there's an anointing here to take cupbearers and make them builders. If, you, if, 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 if you're going to make an impact, if you're going to have influence, there's going to be enemies. And that's just my opening. That's really not even what God sent me here to preach. The, the under attack, under anointing, yes. This is what I come to preach. What's important that you understand when you leave here this afternoon is that while you cannot stop the formation of the weapon, it's important that you understand that the weapon cannot prosper. You cannot stop the enemy from coming in like a flood. But sometimes when we're dealing with it week in and week out and day after day after day, I'm talking about stuff going on in families. I'm talking about stuff going on in marriages. I'm talking about stuff going on with businesses. Hear what I'm preaching to you tonight. This cannot last always. There comes a point, Brother Bounds, this is why God sent me here because I believe somebody has given up you have given up hope that this is ever going to terminate. While there will be adversaries and while there will be enemies, anytime that there is impact and influence, you have to understand that the languishing has limitations and that the, that the waves have walls. Somebody who has been fumbling around with this, and this, God help me with this because you're going to, this is going to resonate. Have you ever found yourself in the middle of something? You couldn't keep it from coming. It comes with the territory, but in the middle of it, have you ever found yourself fumbling around with this situation? Come on and looking. What are you looking for? I've found myself at times in situations and troubles and trials where, where I find myself turning it over and over and looking on it, looking at it inside and, and, and outside and up and down. What are you looking for, Brother Marsh? I'm looking to see if there's an expiration date on this. Did God send me here to preach to anybody in Zanesville? Am I in the right place? Did I fly to the wrong airport last night? Okay. All right, Brother Marks. You've established it. Come on. If we're under an anointing, we're going to be under attack. But does the, is the attack relentless? No. I've come to tell you, while God may allow it, Job, there comes a point that God stands up, Job, and lets you know there's a line in the sand. And the waves will come, but the waves can only come so far. Let me get back here and preach to somebody right now. There's a turnaround coming. God's about to turn a situation around in your finances. God's about to turn a situation around in somebody's life and in somebody's marriage. I'm preaching to somebody right now. There's a God in heaven that's about to terminate this trouble that you're 
I don't know why. I don't want to take away from the rest of you. Come on. But I felt a hot spot right back in here last night when I was praying. I want somebody to get up out of the doubt, get up out of the mully grubs, get up out of discouragement. I've come to preach the depression out of your heart. Come on. God's going to take this and redeem it for your good. God's going to bring a blessing out of this. God's going to. The waves will come, Job. The waves will come. See, sometimes, well, a lot of people don't read the book of Job because they think it's Job. But there are a few people that reluctantly, you'll get that joke later. Some man's married to a blonde here. Oops, sorry. Oh. Uh, Oh, God, I, was, I had to look make sure Sister Browns wasn't blonde. I'm a, does the secretary that writes checks, is she blonde? Okay, thank God. Whew. You're going to be trying to take your nap today, and your blonde wife's going to start cracking up laughing, and you, you'll know what happened. I, it's a joke, sis. Don't be offended. You got it. You're laughing. You just got with it. No, we make the mistake. There are people who reluctantly pick it up and they read it. Come on. And, and, and if we're not careful, it's human nature. Because if, if we're not careful, we, we can't see everything that God. God gave him double for his trouble. Come on. We can't see that he had the attention of God. Come on. We can't see the fact that it was God that brought him up to the devil. Come on. And we, we look. No, listen. We look at this trouble and this trial as consuming all of Job's life. Come on. There are actually some scholars that believe that this trial may not have lasted more than two months. Some say two years. But I can tell you this, when God brought the trial to an end, Job lived another 140 years and he had sons and daughters. I come with a prophetic word for the anchor church. You've gone through a season of digging and dunging, but I'm telling you, put it on paper and I'll put my name to it. I'm prophesying to you. It's the year of the fruit. There's low-hanging fruit. There's blessing. There's promise. There's anointing. Come on, Job. That's what God was trying to do. You're four chapters from this thing being over. Job, come on. You're in the mully grubs. I look to the left, and he's not there. And I look to the right, and he's not there. Your friends don't understand. Let me tell you, God was trying to get Job to understand. This is not going to be forever. Hitherto shalt they come. You know, a lot of our sayings, adages, the little things that we use have their roots. They go back and can be found in the Bible. Come on, don't give that saying we used. Don't give that up to the Alamo. I'm going to tell you, 
That was being said long before anybody ever drew a line in the sand. That was long before, come on, a hero took his sword and drew a line in the sand at the Alamo and said, who's going to stand here and defend this with me? Come on, it happened long before a place called the Alamo. Come on, it was God who walked in the middle of a terrible trial that Job was in. Come on, and he drew a line in the sand, and he said, Job, I know what those waves are threatening. I know what those waves are telling you. Come on, it's become personal. The waves, come on, they have a voice of their own. I know what the enemy's been threatening he's going to do. I know what the voice is in your head. This is the end. Come on, I come to preach to this. I'm going to preach this today. This is going to get us. This is going to be the best of us. This is going to destroy me. It's going to destroy my kids. It's going to destroy my wife. It's going to destroy my marriage. I've come to tell you that God has drawn a line in the sand and the waves may come, but no further. But no, there's a point that they have to stop. There's a point that they can come no further. I know what the waves are doing. I know what the waves are saying. Hitherto shall they come. But no further. What's this weekend about? We've had guest speakers. We're ready to hear Pastor preach. I'd have been fine to sit and hear him preach today. In fact, I sat and heard him the first session. In fact, you got somebody him preaching here like him. I don't even know why you'd want to have anybody else. You didn't want to hear me when you got here today, and you still don't want to hear me. And that's fine because I don't want to hear me either. I'd rather hear him. But I do know God put a word in my heart for this church. And I'm just telling this pastor, I'm telling some dear saints in this place, this thing's come as far as it can come. It's over. God sent me here with a prophetic proclamation. It is over. In fact, Brother Bounds, when I started preaching, when I started preaching, I felt like that thing started backing up on me. Come on, I felt like in the last uh, last month or six weeks, come on, you put that old thing going backwards. Come on, and it's screaming and screeching. But I tell you what I feel today. I feel like it's packed its bags, and I feel like that thing that has opposed us. Oh, there'll be other fights, and there'll be other devils, but as far as this little trial that this church has been in, God sent you a prophet today. I hope that's okay to tell you this is over. It's time for a new season. It's time for a new day. There's a greater anointing. There's a deeper dimension. It had to come, brother. Come on. 
come on, God's just trying to answer your prayers. I know it doesn't look like it right now. Come on, come on. And we may not have done everything right, and there have been, may, may have made some misgifts and some miscues and some days of doubt and some dark days, but I hear the Lord saying, it's over. Come on, come on, now I know. Come on, now I know. You have passed the test. Come on, come on. And just as I told Abraham, I'm telling you, there is an innumerable revival. There's an innumerable harvest. There's a... Give me a keyboard player. Give them hope, sis. Give them hope. Give them hope. What's his name? Huh? Pastor Nehemiah, look at me. And this is not just for you. This is for others. But I'm saying it to you because this all flows from the head down. There will be a day that you'll look back on this time in your life and you'll say, I would not have chosen that. But when you see the fruit that's going to come out of all of this, you will say, in the very near future, I would not have chosen that, but I wouldn't change it. change it. And God took me there. And this is the visual you got to see as I'm closing. I don't mind. I don't really care for the water. I'm one of those. Now, when it comes to spiritual things, I want out there in, in the waters that man can't swim. But when it comes to the natural sense, I, I want, I don't mind the water, but I want where I can put my feet on the ground. Our poor wife and kids, we had a boat for one summer. And uh, prematurely, well, actually, they sold it. And uh, it wasn't because I was worried about them dying. They were worried about me dying from stress. So the lake is one thing. Jesus walked on the water. He didn't ski on it. He didn't ride a tube on it. The lake's one thing, but the ocean's something else. I'm talking about within one hour after you and I got off the phone when we locked this date in. I've been in the ocean just far enough out where I started feeling that pool. Yeah. Nope. All of us, probably most of us, have stood on the sandy shores. Now, I'm going to tell you something. 100 yards out there, I've seen this. God sent me to Zanesville today to share this. Standing on the shores, toes in the sand. Out there about 100 yards, those waves are tall. It's loud. It's a commotion. In fact, if that tide's really rolling in, there's actually guys that surf those waves. The boisterousness, the commotion, the threats, if you will. Power, the intensity, the pull. 
But as you stand there, possibly even fearful of that phenomena, out there at 100 yards, what was so powerful and so threatening and so loud within just a few moments becomes harmless foam between your toes. Because hitherto shall they come. Sorry to take it away from the Alamo, but God said it first. Job, I put a line in the sand. And the and everything that you thought had so much power and so much God can't stop what he's doing. And I refuse to close this on a negative note, but there's nobody that rises up against this church. There's no rebellion. There's no insurrection. There's no, there's no disgruntled reprobate. There, there, listen, there's no family. There's no amount of money. Up to eight and up to 18 years and in and, and the next 18 years. Don't don't sister bounds, don't ever let this man forget that what God is doing here. Yeah, there's adversaries, and yes, there's gonna be people in, that oppose, and yes, unfortunately, sometimes it's gonna come from internally. But you hear me, there comes a point where God says, That's enough. I'd be, I'm, listen, let me tell you something right now. And I just got to preach what I feel. If I'm here, come on, and I've been causing trouble. If I was in this building right now, come on, and I've been causing trouble or rising up against authority or trying to sow discord in this church, come on, or causing stress, come on, or pressure, unneeded or undue pressure on this pastor, I'd tell you what I'd do. I'd be in this altar today repenting and breaking down my will and getting right with God. Come on, God is not going to allow people to withstand the revival in this city. They're comes a point, come on, that it cannot come any further. Every trouble, while you can't stop it from coming, you've got to understand that the weapon can't prosper. Doesn't mean it won't come. Doesn't mean its edge won't be laid on you. But it can't prosper. Comes a point, it peters out. There comes a point that it peters out. There comes a point that it loses its punch. Something shifted. Something shifted. God, I know why he sent me here. He sent me here to prophetically, prophetically proclaim the end of one day and the beginning of another. Oh, there may be other things you have to fight three months, six months down the road. But this deal right here, and you know what this deal is. You know what it is personally. You know what it is as a church. You know what this deal is right here. God says it's enough. And he sent me here today to tell you that it just can't, while it can come and while it will come and while it's a part of the territory, I, I spent the first 30 minutes establishing that. You've got to understand that it can only come so far. And the tragedy, the tragedy 
38 chapters in, Job, is that your adversary understands that there's limits, and you don't. Even the adversary understands the principles of hedges. Hell understands there's hedges. Yet at times we get 38 chapters into a trial and we feel like that the attack is unrelentless and that it has no boundaries. Every battle has a boundary. And about the sixth hour, and it talks about the agony and the trial that Jesus stepped into. No man has ever gone into a trial like that. But the Bible says in about the ninth hour that that veil was rent. I remember where I was sitting when the Lord spoke this to me. The Bible says in about the ninth hour he gave up the goat. The veil was rent. And the Holy Ghost, I remember where I sat when he spoke it to me. He said, do you think that there's a beginning and an ending to my trial and that I would let you go through trials open-ended? He said, if my trial had an end, yours will. And if the end of my trial brought the opening of a veil, the tearing back and the breaking forth, you hear this preacher right now. I'm not trying to give you tweetable little catchable phrases. I'm, talking, I'm preaching to some people that feel like you're on the verge of breaking down. What you, what you don't realize is there's some things about to break through. believe what I'm preaching? Is that your wife? Take her by the hand. God, right now. Come on, would you connect with somebody all across this building and begin to pray right now? Come on, right now. Come on. Come on. Yeah, I came, but just as sure as it came, come on, like foam, it's going to turn like foam between your toes. Yeah, come on, it's part of the package. Yes, it comes with the territory, but you hear this preacher, as sure as it came, it's going to go. It came to pass. It didn't come to stay. It came to pass. It didn't come to stay. It came to pass.
I wonder if there's a man desperate right now that says, you're right, preacher. I wonder if there's a man that grabbed your wife and just come, just blast, just come running. That says, I see it. We're not just under an attack. We're under an anointing. I see it. Come on, don't come pile up. I want you to run down here and stand. I see it, Brother Mark said. We're not just under an attack. We're under an anointing. Come on, I wonder if mom, maybe there's a single mom that'll grab your kids. Come on, maybe it's a young person. Maybe, I, I, I know, I know, I know. It's not probably everybody here today, but I have not just preached to individuals. I'm preaching to the heart of this church. I see it, Brother Mark said. Come on, all the enemy wants me to see is the enemy. But I realize, come on, we're not just under attack. We've not just been in a season. Come on, but we're being seasoned. Did you hear what I just said? We've not just been in a season, but we're being seasoned. Come on, quick, quick, quick. The Bible says boldly approach the throne. Come on, I want you to come like you're getting away from a fire. I want you to come. Come on, if I was passing out $100 bills, you'd already be here. Come on, there's hope. God's trying to tell you. Come on, come on, we're turning a corner. I keep seeing it in the spirit. Come on, family's turning a corner. Ministry's turning a corner. Young people turning a corner. Quick. When you get down here, lift your hands and lift your voice. Come on and cry out to God. I know it came, but no further. I know you've been dealing with this for 24 months, but no further. Come on. I know, I know you're without direction, but no further. I know you've just been fumbling through, but no further. I know you're numb, but no further. I know you don't have any answers, but no further. Oh, my God. Oh, my God, folks. Don't you get so focused on the digging and the dunging that you forget that the digging and the dunging produces fruit. Don't become so consumed with the fight that you forget the fruit. No further. There comes a point, bro. It's got to stop. There comes a point. This can't just keep going on and on. Job, God was trying to tell Job, I've got this. This thing's coming to an end. Don't jump ship. Don't doubt me. Don't bail on me. I'm going to work this in your favor. Don't stop. I don't know what time you guys are used to getting out, but don't stop. Come on. Don't stop. You got to get your mouth open. Some of you hadn't cried out. It's been too long. You got to get your mouth open. You got to get the channel. You got to get the channel flowing. Come on. You got obstructives. You got stuff in the channel. Come on. You got unbelief and doubt and fear and depression. You got to clean the channel out. But no further. You can't stop the waves from coming. But there's a line in the sand.
Come on. Come on, there's some of you still out on the fringes of this. Come on, you need to go ahead and warm up to what the Holy Ghost is saying. All right, here's what we're going to do. Look at me. Here's what we're going to do. Here's the point of release. I'm just going to forewarn you before I do this. Your flesh is going to say, that's ridiculous. Don't make me give you a Bible study on how the ridiculous brings the miraculous. Okay? Your flesh is going to say this is ridiculous. Okay? This is the point of release. Something's going to break. You listen to me. The ceiling's fixing to come through. God is opening a window to this church right now. And this is how it's going to happen. The exhaustion. This is what the Lord spoke to me to close with. You ready? If you're taking notes, you need to take this down later. Put it where you can see it. There's a transition that's got to happen from exhaustion to expectation. I know what I heard in the Holy Ghost. You have every right to be exhausted. Some of you have been through things like you've never been through in your life. But no further. I don't care how big the waves are. I don't care how threatening they are. I don't care how personal it's become. He said, thy waves, hitherto shall they stay. Every wave hits a wall. The exhaustion there has got this weekend, not next. McDonald, Brother McDonald's powerful. I love to hear him preach. He's coming next week. Not next weekend, not a month from now. Thank God for everybody else you got scheduled coming. Hopefully someday I get to come back. I'm just telling you something right now, this weekend today, there has got a, tra- a transition has got to take place from exhaustion to expectation. You got to get your intensity back. You got to recover your edge. There's one motion. I've seen it. It's what we're going to do. Brother Marks, that's ridiculous. Well, those that are obey, the ridiculous is going to bring the miraculous. We're going to do one move with a couple things involved. And when we do this, I believe it's, it's a breaking point. It, it's a, it, we're going to turn that corner. I want you to physically, you got to try this out. I want you to, the best of your abilities, I want you to get back, get back on your heels. Just kind of stand back on your heels. Who's this, who's this guy Brother Bounds has got in here? I'm a nut that fell out of a tree in Oklahoma. Don't worry about it. This is what, what you've been in. This is what it's, what it's done. It's put you on your heels. Not January. That's what, that's what everybody wants to do. January. Don't wait. Wait. Don't. I believe God's put some stuff in your spirit. Don't wait till January to release it. That's a word from God. Don't wait till January. If you wait till January, you may miss 90 of the most important days in the history of this church. And I'm, I'm speaking that to you right now. The next 90 days could be, I'm telling you, could be, could be 90 of the most important days ever. And don't you wait till January to launch all this stuff. This church has got to go from its heels to its toes now. There's an old saying that talks about getting on your toes, and it's speaking of expectation. You're looking for something. We're going to do that motion together. When I, I'm going I'm to count to three, and we're going we're gonna to move from our heels to our toes. 
And when you roll, I already feel the Holy Ghost in this. Go ahead. Go ahead and let your flesh tell you this is ridiculous. Somebody's about to get a miracle. I'm telling you, all hell's been breaking loose. Somebody's going to obey the preacher right now. In the next 48 hours, all heaven's about to break loose. And God's going to confirm his word. Somebody's going to get a phone. Do we have any spiritual freaks here today that will just go ahead and pick the phone up right now? Come on, go ahead and do it. Just get the phone right now. There's a phone call. Thank you. Come on. I, that's crazy. Go ahead and stand there and think it's crazy. Is there some stuff shifting? I'm going to count to three. I want you to roll from your heels to your toes. We're going from exhaustion to expectation. We're going, come on. We're, 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 we're. Brother, bounce something's wrong when we're seeing more devils than more angels. Only a third was kicked out with Lucifer. You know what that means? There's two angels for every. I'm trying to help some of you right now. All we're hearing you say, come on, you see a devil behind every door and around every rock. I'm ready for some people to start talking about visions and angels and experiences and promises and prophecies. Are you ready to do this? Are you ready to do this? Are you ready to do this over here? Are you going to do this believing this is a release point? Are you going to do this? We're not just doing an action. Come on, we're not just doing this so we can leave and go home. No, I believe this is a moment. I want, on the count of three, I want you to roll from your, your heels to your toes. And when you hit your toes, I want you to shout from your belly. God have mercy, I feel the Holy Ghost. Are you ready? One, two, three. Roll from your heels to your toes and lift your voice and begin to shout right. your faith. Release your faith. Release your faith. No further. No further. No further. No further. I'm telling you, it feels good. You ought to just try it. You ought to just move a little bit and say no further. No further. The devil's no going for. The devil's not going any further, but we're going further. We're going deeper. We're going forward. Come on. Take something. I see this. I see, I hear, and I repeat. This has got to happen. Sir, get rid of your pride. I'm not going to come put my finger on you because it's more than one. I want some men to gently take your wife's hand, head in your hands, and I want you to look her in the eyes, and I want you to tell her, God's got this. God's got this. 
it's going to be okay. Do it right now. Something's being healed right now between a husband and a wife. God's got this. I pray that a spiritual settledness, I pray that the Holy Ghost would settle the spirits of these sheep. Come on. Tell her, God's got this. I'm sorry. If you need to do some I'm sorry as you do it right now. Come on, men have got to be men. Come on. There's been too many rocks rolling in this church. The rocks have got to stop rolling. Men have got to be, men have got to plant yourselves. Come on. It's not time for men to be unstable. It's not time for men to fly off the handle. It's not time for men to go AWOL. We need men leading homes, leading wives with emotional stability. Men who are speaking faith. Men who are leading in prayer. Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church Podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up on our weekly sermons. If you're in the Zanesville area, we invite you to join us on Sundays. You can find all the details on our website at theanchor.church. Again, thanks so much for listening, and we hope to see you soon.